Today's episode of the Theater People podcast is brought to you by Today Ticks, the app for last-minute theater tickets. Download the app in Google Play or the App Store. Use the code THEATERPEOPLE at checkout to save $20 on your first purchase. That code again is THEATERPEOPLE, which of course is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Hey theater people, Patrick here. Before we get to the show, I wanted to let you know that we are adding tons of content to our website. We have videos where our favorite stars like Laura Benanti, Andy Mientes, and Krista Rodriguez tell us their funniest onstage mishaps. And we have blog posts where some of the most successful people in the business, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Martha Plimpton, Laura Michelle Kelly, and Carmen Cusack, share the best advice they ever got. We're adding new content just about every day, so if you haven't checked out our website in a little while, please do. We're at www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L dot com. And while you're there, if you see an ad that looks interesting to you, click on it. We make a little bit of money when you do that, and it lets our sponsors know that our listeners are engaged in our content, which, you know, is huge. Okay, now to the show. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. It's so lovely that you're sharing. No, really, I'm all ears. But where has all this caring been for 16 years? For all those years, I prayed that you'd go away for good. Half the time afraid that you really would. Okay, you guys, I know I say this a lot, and I'll have you know it's always true, but I'm obsessed with today's guest, the fabulous Jen Damiano. She always struck me as like a Broadway cool kid, you know, like super gorgeous and talented, nominated for a Tony as a teenager. She's been in all these big budget, high profile shows. And I was right, she is a Broadway cool kid, but the nicest kind of Broadway cool kid. I mean, after all, she agreed to this interview via Twitter. And when she opened her dressing room door to greet me, she threw her arms around me like we were old friends. I mean, this was the original Mary Jane Watson from Spider-Man and Natalie from Next to Normal. She did not have to be that nice. I found her to be so charming and personable, riding the high of this incredible show she's in, which, of course, is American Psycho. I need to say here that I'm obsessed with American Psycho. I think it's unique, hilarious, daring, even scary at times. Sadly, and bizarrely to me, the show is closing on June 5th. I did this interview with Jen before the Tony nominations even came out, so that obviously doesn't come up. Anyway, for a little background, Jen made her Broadway debut at the age of 15 in the original cast of Spring Awakening. She went on to star opposite Alice Ripley in the Washington, D.C., and then off-Broadway and Broadway productions of Next to Normal, for which she earned her Tony Award nomination. And most recently, she was cast as the original Mary Jane Watson in the Broadway mega-musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. She's amazing. Here's our conversation. Keep on walking, just ignore, just get to your room, and shut the Jen Damiano, welcome to the Theater People Podcast. Ew, I'm so happy to be here. You're already my favorite guest of all time. Oh my gosh, seriously? <laughs> all right, we don't have too much time with you, so I'm just going to start. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Um, well, first of all, so this is your return to Broadway for the first time in four years, right? Yeah. What have you been up to? I mean, 
after Spider-Man, it was such, I mean, I had been doing eight shows a week for like five years straight. And so it was just time to take a second, refill the tank, as they say. Um, and I just, I mean, I did, you know, the things, you, I kind of did all the things that I would have done in those years if I hadn't been working. Like I was just like a kid, like I would hang out with my friends and just, you know, relax. But um, I did a few things here and there and concerts and readings and things like that to keep things moving. But um. Mostly it was just like a, a time for me to kind of ease into young adulthood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how did you hear of this? How did the job come to you? How did American Psycho happen? Um, so I guess my first audition was probably now like a couple of years ago. Um, I just, like any other audition, got an email for it. And I was like, I've been hearing about this. And I knew that it had been in London. And um, I didn't really know there was a role for me in it. I didn't know anything about the women Mm -hmm. roles in the show. But when I got the audition and I saw that they had really fleshed out some of these roles, especially this one character in particular, Jean, I was like, oh, this is perfect. And it's Duncan. And I love his music. And I feel like my voice usually can vibe with his music if you will um it's so easy to sing he just i love how he writes for women um and so i was like maybe this is the perfect fit and i went in the room um and it was just such a great i mean rupert has such a great energy and duncan is such a good energy in an audition room um and yeah oh my god can you hear me chewing my gum (laughs) i love it But yeah, it was just like any other thing. And um, uh, I went on my first, I had had two callbacks for it. And I went on my first ever movement call for the show. Is that like a dance call? Yeah. And I was kind of like, um, wait, but like, so you really, you want me to go and dance at this? And they were like, just do it. It's fine. You'll, you'll be fine. It's just more movement. And I was like, okay, great. And, uh, yeah, that was like, that was the craziest experience I've ever had. I've never been on a dance call in my life. It's funny too, because the dancing in this show is so fabulous, but it's kind of strange. It's kind of different. It's more like modern and interpretive kind of. So it's like, Things that the things I do in the show, like, are I'm very capable of doing, but at the time I was so terrified. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's 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 a um intimidating setting, a dance call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, <laughs> everyone had character shoes and I didn't. I had like regular high heels because that was the only thing I owned, and I was like, this is just so bad. But it actually ended up being really fun and. Getting to move in the show is actually so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, too, about how... So I want to talk about Spring Awakening in a minute. Sure. But um, this is like a like a reunion for you and Duncan Sheik. And yeah. also for you and Alice Ripley, of course. Yeah. And I was wondering if it was like... If that makes it... Like, can you skip steps when you come into a show where you, like, know people and it's not, like, starting from scratch with everybody? Yeah, it's... um, It's actually such an awesome feeling to walk in the room and already have so many established relationships with people. Like I kind of see like you don't realize just how many people you meet in this community and walking into this room in particular the first day, I was like, this is so amazing that I see all of these like old friends here. Like how did this, I used to be the person walking in the room. Like, I don't know anyone. This is so hard. Like, I don't know. It's like the first day of school. And, um, to walk in and be like, oh, I worked on that with that person during that time in my life. And that it's so like it's an awesome um, it gives you a lot of perspective and it kind of grounds you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, 
Duncan, Duncan's very much um, a huge part of why I'm even in the community in the first place. Like he, I, I know that he really believed in me at my Spring Awakening audition, um, as did Michael Mayer and, and the whole team. But Duncan in particular, I know, um, really responded to my voice. And I have him to thank for a lot of, um, a lot of that. It, it's so interesting because you, when you were doing Spring Awakening, you were just a kid. You were 15, I think. And you were in the ensemble. You were an understudy. And now you're a, like a star. And you're coming back to like, is it, how is that dynamic to go from being like ensemble understudy, which is, the I think, the hardest job in the world. And, I and mean, yeah. That was, that is crazy. Yeah. I think the... I didn't realize how hard that was at that age. And I was still like, oh, this is so fun. But then I would go on and be like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. I don't know how anybody does, especially like in that production, you had to know all of the girl roles, right? I mean, that show was a little bit easier because everyone kind of did the same thing, just in a different part of the stage. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, and there wasn't too much dancing. But I can imagine in a show that's like everyone has very intense, different tracks. It's probably a lot more difficult, but. But to sort of to come back to work with him now as as Jen Damiano, like Tony nominee, you know, you're one of like the top working Broadway women right now. Like, is that I don't know. I don't even know if there's a question there. But I mean, like your career has just skyrocketed since then. Yeah. Like I said, it's weird to see people and remember where you were when you first met them. Um, and when I first met Alice as well, like I was just like a kid, like my mom was at the equity meeting because I couldn't be there unattended. Yeah. Like it was like. And I, I look at it now, and I'm, it's just, I mean, it's a wonderful feeling. But, um, I mean, the thing about working in the theater is that you never, you we are so lucky. But it is such hard work every single day. Like, you can't really check out at any second. So I do feel proud. I feel like I worked for it, and I feel like it's, um, and I feel, I feel good about it. I own, I own the years that I've had that I've been lucky enough to to get to be working. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about the show American Psycho because, you know, we were talking before we started about how I'm like gaga over the moon obsessed with your show. And I'm just curious about how like the audiences are reacting. I mean, it's bloody, it's violent, it's um, hilarious, it's, the music is incredible, the performances are great. How is the audience, like, how is it, how are you feeling received? The energy in the house is so amazing it's been that way since the first since the invited dress until now um especially on the weekends i love the weekend crowds because they get so rowdy um (laughs) in the best way for the show it's it's such a great energy i feel like a lot of people don't really know what to expect and they kind of leave um like you said, you're like, how is someone going to make a musical of this? How is that going to work? And they, and people are leaving, I think, feeling like, wow, that, that worked. Yeah. I oh, really yeah. like – the show to me makes so much sense musically. I think it's like such an incredible story to be to be put to music. Yeah. Um, in a way – yeah, in a way that you don't really think about. But if you're if you're a fan of the book or the movie, it's interesting in – in comparison, and if you don't know anything about the story as well, you're, it's almost like an art installation. You kind of can't keep your eyes off of what's happening. Yeah. It's also interesting to talk just about your set because the set, the perspective of the set is so insane. Or something. It totally yeah. is. And it looks like it goes on forever and ever. Now, when people come backstage and see um, and stand there, they're like, this feels so small. Yeah. It's so much smaller than you think. But they're – I mean – 
Yeah, it's it's a visual feast. Yeah. <laughs> is the phrase I keep using. Literally, you're just like it's there's so much to look at. Yeah, and not just Benjamin Walker in his underwear. I know. They're all all of them. I get away with a lot more. I'm like, you guys, sorry. Does anyone want dessert? But like I yeah, Gene gets away with a little bit more, but I know they're I forget that they're in their underwear and that he's in his underwear the whole time. And I'm like when people laugh, I'm like, Oh, that's right. He's in his underwear and there's blood and it's strange, but I enjoy that the interpretive nature of acting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to talk about your character, Gene. So she is She's sort of like, you have like the dubious task of being like the conscience of the show. You're right. like the one, like you're like the sanity. How, how is that? How is that? I, I love the role. I, it comes, it comes naturally to me. She's written very grounded and very, um, even keeled, if you will, which that, I mean, that's not as much what I relate to, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's, a. Uh, this this role would function so differently in any other show. It might not be as impactful in any other show, but in this one in particular, um, it took a while for me. At first, I was like, do people think Gene – like, I felt like I would come on stage and people would be, like, not bored, but just kind of like, oh, this is, like, this is the normal part of the story. But now I realize more and more that the audience kind of wants that breath of fresh air and that – and, you know, in theater – the romantic through line is always a little more fleshed out than in any other, mm-hmm. I think. Like the book. Yeah, like, but because in theater, you you need that. You need to follow that. So, um, yeah, it's this, like, kind of awesome, unconventional romantic through line. And um, I really enjoy the, the way the audience listens um, during my scenes. Yeah. I feel like I, I – you can mistake the silence for people maybe – maybe not listening or, or being, you know, falling off a little bit or still recovering from, like, the craziness <laughs> that's happening before. But, yeah, I really, really enjoy, like, being responsible for that portion of the show. It, it's interesting, too, because I, one of the things I found was that you – I like, as an audience member, you identify with Patrick Bateman or you start to yeah. feel sorry for him or you start to enjoy him. So you feel like a crazy person. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Well, so, no. It was difficult. I'm. Are you segueing into? Well, I was gonna say that, like, so your character comes out and you're like, oh right, we're all normal, everything's fine. We're not like we don't love this right. serial killer. No, I I really enjoy when the audience can see him through her eyes because mm-hmm. it can. You think about it and you're like, well, that's a strange masochistic love story. She's <laughs> in love with the serial killer and. And I'm like, they all know he is that way. So when I come on stage, does it just look? Is it this strange masochistic vibe? But it's actually. And and Ben's so great at, at at making it very very believable that I would in fact be in love with him um, because he plays it so human. But um, yeah, I really enjoy the audience afterwards really being able to understand where I might have been coming from and the parts of him that aren't you know the obvious are actually really wonderful and great and charming and fun and funny and he's all these amazing things and I like that they can for a second forget that he's a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> you said something interesting in an interview where you said that you and Gene were, are kind of at the same place in your lives where you're both kind of like in that well you 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 say it. Well I mean I would assume we're about the same age. I would think Gene was like my age-ish. Just kind of coming into adulthood coming into what it means to be a woman and what it means to care about um, 
your career and love and life. And I just, um, it's an interesting time. Like the past few years, it's been, it's, I'm really lucky to have this role at this exact time. Cause I think this is an interesting, it's the hardest. Um, I think it's the hardest time to be an actress. It, you mean age wise? Yeah. yeah. Age wise. But it's also like the most interesting time. Cause the most interesting stuff is happening. Um, so I'm really, really grateful for, um, yeah, for the kind of interesting timing. Hey, theater people, Patrick here. I'm going to spend the next 60 seconds telling you about my favorite ticketing app, Today Ticks. All right, you guys, Tony's season is upon us. And if you're anything like me, you want to see every single show before the big night. The good news for you is that just about every single Tony-nominated show is available at a discounted price on Today Ticks, some as low as $37. Seriously. And when you download the app from Google Play or the App Store and use it for the first time with the discount code THEATERPEOPLE, you save 20 bucks. That translates into insanely cheap tickets to some of the hottest and most talked about shows on Broadway. That code again is Theater People, which of course is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. And no joke, you guys, tweet, text, or email me if you're trying to use it and you can't remember what it is. I am never more than four inches from my phone. It drives Steve crazy. And if you're not in New York, you can use the app for shows in LA, Chicago, London, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and they are announcing more cities later this year. So stay tuned. Thank you, Today Ticks. One more thing, you guys. Now is a perfect time to pause this episode and get your $10 tickets for our live summer series events with Lindsay Mendez, Eden Espinosa, and Laura Osnes. These events are so much fun, you guys. We have a video on our website of our first event, which featured Leslie Margarita. Check it out if you have any hesitation about joining us. Lindsay's show is coming up on June 19th, and there are just 10 tickets left. You can get your $10 tickets at theaterpeople.com, which again is theater with an E-R-P-P-L.com, and click on the Summer Series tab at the top of the page. Okay, now back to the show. Can we go all the way back to the beginning? Yes, let's go back! <laughs> I have to say that Spring Awakening is like one of my all-time favorite favorite shows and I have a very distinct memory of you in that show in the like in the bleachers on the stage I remember at the end of the show I just remember seeing you stand up and singing that last song you were wearing a jean jacket I think yes and I it was a it probably looks like a jean jacket it was like a dress with a shirt under yes very dramatic oh god I just love that show so much and I, I was so interested to read about you getting that job so you got that job when you were 15 I'm curious to know if you were trying to break into the Broadway scene at that time like or like what was going on with you then I think that well I had always been singing um and my parents got me voice lessons you know probably a few years before that and I started doing community theater because it made sense if you like to sing, you do theater, or you, you're in a choir and that kind of thing. But um, I had never um, – I got an, I had a commercial agent and uh, my mom would – my mom and dad would drive me to the city and that was all very fun and good. But it's – you know, especially for my parents, who knows if that's going to be a thing that goes into your adulthood and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only until when I was like in eighth grade maybe and I was 13 and like Wicked was really popular – and I, re- I literally remember um, I was doing a community theater show. I think I was doing 
it was was it, it might have been Susical, the oh, musical. Yeah. Yes. So fun. <laughs> um and I remember driving home with my friend from rehearsal and I just had this like breakdown and I was, you know, 13, but I had this breakdown and I remember saying like I this need this needs to be what I do with my life. It needs to be more. I don't just want to do it in this this way after school. Like I I need I remember that breakdown. It was so strange. And literally, like a year later, I I had my spring awakening audition. Wow. Yeah, I know. I almost forget that that even happened because to me, you know, spring awakening was such an awesome revolutionary moment on in the Broadway. Yes, scene. absolutely. Children playing children, and and I'm so lucky. We were also lucky to have been a part of that. But you know, I did keep working, so I didn't. Um, go to school for this which I might have done I'm not I'm still not sure like if I had the choice what I would have done in school in particular but Mm -hmm. it's hard when you get these opportunities and you didn't go to school and you start thinking um you know what if that becomes a problem soon what if it you know soon becomes that I need to be studying this a lot more like and you don't feel worthy of you know what I mean? Completely. And and yeah. the people who listen to our, our podcast, I think, think about this all the time. We have this conversation a lot about, like, you know, like, Lindsay Mendez came to New York right after high school, you know? Yeah. And, like, and your story, like, just getting a job and working and now you're you. And But then there are, are other people that are like, you must go to school. So, yeah, it's, it's... It's everyone has their own path. And, and tying back to the beginning when you first asked the question, I think it's it goes both ways. I think sometimes people find this business and I think sometimes it finds you and it doesn't mean either way is any less of a struggle or, or, um, deserves, um, any bit less of dedication. Yeah. What did you do? I mean, you were 15. Did you, did you leave high school or what did you do? We, no, I was still in school. Um, we did tutoring. Uh-huh. It was me and Gerard and Remy and Lily. <laughs> <laughs> we did tutoring and then, um, and then when I was in Next to Normal at Second Stage and Arena, I kind of finished up school on my own with tutors. So you never – you didn't go back to high school? I did. No, during Spring Awakening, I was going to school in the day and, um, and doing the show at night. What about during, like on Wednesdays? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I would – it was like a – it was a work in progress like with my teachers and stuff. There would yeah. be things I would miss, but the school was very – I mean I went to regular public high school and I'm really happy about that. Um, people would, they would just be helpful about it. Yeah. And um, during tech and all that stuff, there that's when we would do the tutoring. But how did you? I was so curious to to, to think about how you like maintain, like how any of you guys maintained your. How did you not become crazy? Like you were fifteen, you were in like the hottest show on Broadway. How did you stay normal and grounded in in a place where you were able to like keep working and do your job? It depends on what you mean by like normal and grounded, <laughs> because. I think we're, we were all very professional, and at the end of the day, we could all do our jobs, and I still feel that way about myself, no matter how crazy my life is or whatever. Or whatever. I sound so smart. <laughs> um, like, no matter how crazy that is, um, I'll always be able to work and do my job and do my best. Uh, but, yeah, it takes a toll on you. This, I mean – I'm sure it's different. It's probably different for kids growing up in Hollywood. I don't know exactly what that's like. But growing up in particular on the Broadway scene is um, 
you're not just handed everything on a silver platter mm-hmm. in in this community. You really like, like I said, you can't drop the ball, or else you know, you'll. I don't know. Have dropped the ball. Exactly. You will have <laughs> dropped it, and it won't be in your hands anymore. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like you kind of have to. You get what you what you work for in in right. this business in particular. So, um, yeah, it's it's. A lot less sleep than someone maybe not in that position would yeah, get, yeah. and uh, you just—it's hard. Each you become a little bit. Uh, the show becomes your life a yeah. little bit, and it's hard to balance. Did you stay with Spring Awakening until the end? No, I did it for a year and a few months, and then I I went on to do, or no, it was just about a year, and then I did. I went to second stage with Next to Normal. Superboy and the Invisible Girl. Son of steel and daughter of air. He's a hero, a lover, a prince. She's not there. So, okay, so next to normal. How did that job come to you? Same old. Um, the, it was just an audition, and it was, it was actually tricky to navigate whether or not staying in Spring Awakening would be the best idea or doing this new off-Broadway show I didn't know anything about was a better... Yeah, because I it was I left Spring Awakening to do it. So I was I was a bit green, and I was just like, what's the right decision? I don't know. But um, my agent at the time educated me thoroughly on <laughs> that whole team, mm-hmm. and the role was just so special. That was, the, that was the first audition I went on that literally they called me like 10 minutes. Like I still, I had basically just left the building, and they called me to tell me that I got it. Oh, really? Yeah, I just have, I have a really special connection with Michael, and we met, and I just, I had the audition, and I, I guess they were just like, well, that's, that's it, that's her, that's what it is. Um, and they called me right away. Wow. On that blog. <laughs> that is incredible. You were with that show for three years, right? Between the, the off-Broadway, the yeah. arena, and then, it was arena, right? Arena, yeah. yeah, and then New York. And how did you, I mean, those are really formative years of your life. I mean, how, how was it to be working like that during that time? And, and what, like, what did it mean to you to be doing that? I definitely grew up in that role and with those people, Alice and Adam, they, and and Bobby, they were just such special, important people in my process of growing up. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny because at the time I wasn't even thinking about it. Like, it's so funny. I look back now. I used to, I thought I was so old at that time. And now yeah, I'm like, course. wow, I was so <laughs> not, like, so young. And I'm like, I, I just wasn't thinking about it as much at the time. But now I look back and, and realize just how much that show in particular shaped my my um childhood in a way but so wonder like i can't imagine it being any other way i can't imagine um learning about this business and about myself and about what you know i i learned i think i really really truly fell in love with with theater and with acting in particular through that process the invisible girl here she is clear as the day please look closely and find her before she fades away superboy and the invisible girl son of steel and daughter of air he's a hero lover of
it seemed like such a smart question when I wrote it, but now it sounds kind of stupid. But I was thinking about how, like, it was your second sort of, like, time being on Broadway. And you had gone from being in the ensemble to now you're starring in a show on Broadway. And you get a Tony nomination. And you're the toast of the town. Did it feel like, yes, this is the logical next step? Or was it just terrifying? Or was it somewhere in between? I think that it felt... Because we had gone, we had been off Broadway and we all went to D.C. together and that was such an amazing bonding experience that by the time we came to Broadway, I mean, I didn't realize, everyone kept keeps telling you around that time, like, you know, this doesn't happen all the time. Shows aren't always like this and it's not always this big, beautiful, amazing thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, that was so (laughs) unique. And um, around the time that it started happening is when... It, it was all kind of a crazy shock, but at the, I remember the morning before the Tony nominations. Like it's so funny you don't, you don't think, you think that you're just doing your show and that you're and that that stuff is like out of your mind. But then when it comes up, you're like, oh my gosh, wait, this means so much to me, and I really actually that would be so cool. And I mean that was the most beautiful experience. It was kind of like. I felt like the community was saying, like, yes, you can stay. Like you, <laughs> yes, we like you and we see you. And it was such a. It's such a beautiful month to be a part of because you really feel the community. You spend so much time with other people and other shows and you feel that sense of community. And in that way, I just was kind of like, you know what? Yeah, like this feels right. I feel like I'm meant to be here and I feel like our show is so beautiful. And um, and then I just went along for the ride. Yeah. How, how did you ultimately decide it was time to leave that show? I was, I was thinking that that probably was pretty emotional was, for you. Um, yeah, well, it, Spider-Man was the reason that I left. Um, I got, I mean, I had been in the show with the show for a year and, and maybe it was two years, a year and a half. Oh my God. I don't even know. It was like, I'm like, Oh, I'm so old now. I don't even remember. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a year and some, and, um, I got the audition for Spider-Man and I was kind of like, okay, I mean, sure, let's go on that audition, but who knows? But it was through Telsey and they had cast me next to normal and, um, so I felt comfortable there. And I got a couple of callbacks for that and finally found myself in the room with Bono and was just kind of like, is this going to happen? Am I going to get this role? This is so weird. I was like, there's no way. But I was at that time I had just turned 18 and I was still an ex-normal and I ended up getting that. And so we were just like, well, we got to we got to go for it. So I, I left the show and the Spider-Man was such a big thing. But it was that it, for a minute, overshadowed, you know, next to normal. I was kind of like, oh, I have a new whole life to deal with right now. But but that was, it was hard to let go of. It was hard to slowly realize just how lucky I was to do that show every night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so Spider-Man, Spider-Man was a thing that happened. <laughs> it was real. It was real. I was there. So, I mean, can you talk a little bit about your audition process? You were, it was... Yeah, okay. It was with Julie. Yeah. Um, my first audition was with Julie and Kim. Kim Grigsby was the music director of Spring Awakening and she was music directing, so that was a really great energy to have in the room. And um, I got called back again for more of the team and the final callback was like they shut down Telsey and like Bono and The Edge were there. Unreal. And it was so crazy. It was so weird. And I sang 
if the world should end at my audition and he cried like Bono like, Bono? Yes he took his glasses off and was like that was very powerful and I was just like oh my god what's happening right now <laughs> it was such a weird moment but it was so funny I I like I said I was during the last audition process the, the last callback I was just like is this gonna happen and then because there were so many people involved with that it took so long to actually find out so there were weeks that went by where it was you know some some Sony executive needed to look at my face and say, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? So it was like a lot of random people had to sign off on that, so it took a really long time. And, you know. have to ask you this question while it's on my brain because if I forget I will kill myself um there was a time okay I've been thinking about this for literally years so 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 solve a mystery for me so when smash was happening there was a line on smash that I'm sure that you're oh, aware yeah. of so you know what I'm talking about where, yeah. where she's like they're looking at real names like Jesse Mueller and Jen Tamiano okay so there was a meme going around the internet of Wait, that did you did you create that meme? Cut to me eating hummus on my couch. Yes, yeah, did you? Yeah, that was, I tweeted that. Yeah. So that was real. You because really did that. that. Was when, okay, so that was when Smash was like fairly new, and I was like, I'm still. I was like watching it. Like yeah. I was watching the show, and um, I literally was. That was, um, yeah. I was not working at the time, and I was just watching it, and I was literally just like eating pretzels and hummus. <laughs> and they said that, and I was like, ah. Uh, <laughs> I looked around. And I was like, this is a joke, right? And I was like, I'm gonna tweet about this right now. Yeah. I it was the funniest thing I have ever read, <laughs> and it like Thomas on my couch, like <laughs> it like, like it was just such a funny moment. But I mean, I appreciated that sentiment. Yeah, well, I think it, it part of it is a testament to just how big of a deal Spider Man really was. Yeah, that it, it it really was. It was it was huge. It was crazy. And was it? I mean, I, I guess I don't know the right way to ask this question, but I mean. Did you feel like a cog in a wheel, like you're just one person working on this like $64 million thing? Or did you feel really like, was it vi- was it really vastly different from your other experiences working in prof- professional theater? It was vastly different, but it wasn't, at the very beginning, it was really fun and cool and interesting and new. I like couldn't believe I had to have like a fitting for a harness. Like I was just kind of, and, right. and the... I was in Vogue, Vanity Fair. I was like, this is crazy. This is a different level um, of everything else. But the actual work itself was very, um, was also very different. But it was, it was nothing like anything I had done. It wasn't um, like Next to Normal or Spring Waking, really, um, in terms of what I was actually doing, my actual performance. But, yeah, it was, it got to be that way. It got to feel... It started feeling very huge and very like something so much bigger than all of us. And it, it, you know, we were a little bit separated from the community when when all of that stuff went down. And it was scary and strange. But I mean, I still regard it as I I always say that I 
wouldn't take any of it back, but I don't know that I would do it again. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. the exact, you know what I yeah, mean? Like looking yeah. back, I'm like, I don't know if I'd go through that again, but I'm really <laughs> happy that I did. When you say that you were set separated from the community, like I, I just, I'm not an actor at all. I just doing this podcast. I've gotten to know you guys a little bit. Is it, did you really feel like you were like really separated from the, like, it, like, like Spider-Man was a whole like, separate thing. People weren't like, Oh, I'm coming to see the show. It wasn't like, it was, it was strange. Like, it wasn't the same as... A, it was a very commercial musical, or it became one, at least. But it wasn't... You know, working on this block, like, I look out this window and I see ten different theaters, and, like, and right. it's just this feeling. We were just kind of, like, in this huge space that had been fully renovated. And I just... I would run into people on the street, and I'm like... I mean, we were in tech for, like, a year. Right. Being in tech for two weeks is enough to drive you out of your mind, but we were in, you know, the darkness for yeah. a bit, and... When I'd see people on the street, it'd be like, oh, gosh, like, hi, how are you? And they're like, what are you, how are you, what are you doing? I'm like, just Spider-Man. Like, we're just, we're still, we're getting through. We're um, continuing to, to get to something. I mean, it was, it was a really long, strange, but I'm, but amazing process. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Last question about Spider-Man. What, what what did you do? How were you able to like, or were you able to sort of put the noise away and do your job? And if so, how? Yes. I mean, I'm really, really honest with people in real life and on social media about my anxiety. And, and I, I get really nervous to do so many things that you probably would never expect that I'm nervous to do. And um, that happens to you around that age anyway. I was 19 going on 20. And, um, and I had been working nonstop since then that I just didn't realize it was just, if you didn't process the stress of that show correctly, it it would wear on your spirit a little bit. And that, you know, I kind of got stuck a little bit in this kind of, um, you know, I was able to do the show and I, but you know, by the time it was time for me to leave, I was definitely ready to do that and to take a second and take a breather and get a little bit of like perspective and and separation from the industry for a minute. You know, like see my family, like we're, like I said, like now I feel like I finally found a bit of balance in working and and having a life, but at that time it was it was my whole life. And it was um yeah, I had, you know, I had some anxiety and um but I look back at it as still one of the greatest learning experiences of my life. But um at the end of the day, I really did enjoy performing that show yeah. every night. That wasn't really ever the issue. Last question about this. Almost last question of the interview, I promise. Is no it problem. just random that you and Alex are in this show together? Did they, Or was that – did you – Fully random. Is, yeah. Really? Well, yeah. I mean – She said fully random. I didn't get the microphone back to you fast oh, enough. Yes. Fully <laughs> random. It was not planned. We hadn't even spoken about it. Um we went to Buenos Aires together. Oh, we did. Wow. We did. Um, next, the next normal cast went to Buenos Aires, and we performed with the Argentinian cast of Next to Normal, wow. Cassie Normales. Yes, it was a beautiful, amazing experience to feel. I mean, that's a whole nother bag of special tears. <laughs> but um, after that trip, it was like September, and she was like, "I have an audition for this," and I was like, "That's so crazy! I'm going to be in it." Like it was like something I hadn't really been telling people yet. And we were like, oh, my gosh, how cool would that be? And a few weeks later, she just called me on the phone and was like, well, I got it. I was like, you're joking. This is amazing. That's so crazy. I know. It's, so, it's, it's always crazy to me that you still audition for things, both of you. 
I mean, <laughs> still very much auditioning, yes. There's a, I mean, there's some things where people are like, now, you know, the readings and things like that people ask you to do, but still auditioning. Yeah. Thanks, Jen Damiano. Oh, my God. Thank you for letting me come hang out in your dressing room. Of course. Anytime. Oh, I'm going to take up on that. I'll be back tomorrow. Great. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Why this happens every time Give me any kind of sign Cause I just can't walk away Hey theater people, Patrick here. Just a reminder to get your $10 tickets to our live summer series events with Lindsay Mendez, Eden Espinosa, and Laura Osnes. You can get your tickets at our website, www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L dot com and click on the Summer Series tab. Special thanks as always to our sponsor Today Ticks. Download the app in Google Play or in the App Store and use the code THEATERPEOPLE at checkout to save $20 on your first purchase. That code again is THEATERPEOPLE, which is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Special thanks also to Steve Tipton, Bradley Bien, our fabulous photographer Diana Bush of dianabushphotography.com. Please check her out if you're looking for new headshots or event photography. Eric Emsch, our webmaster Keith Allen Herzog, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back next Monday with the fabulous Betsy Struxness of Hamilton, Matilda, and like a million other things. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. Right here you stay A heartbeat away You're miles apart You know that love can't live without honesty There's dangers in the daylight And the shadows with me